0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast.
1: It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or
0: used in any form without permission.
2: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com.
1: The European Le Mans series on RS1. On
2: RS1. Part
1: of the Radio Show Limited Network.
0: A very warm welcome to Barcelona and to the Circuit de Barcelona-Catalunya, which is, what, about 40 minutes' drive north of Barcelona city centre for the first visit in a long, long time for the European Le Mans Series to Spain. Thank you for joining us. It's Johnny Palmer and Graham Goodwin to take you through this qualifying session. Yes, you have to go back to 2009 when it was called the Le Mans Series to find the last visit of this championship to this part of Europe. And uh, it's been a long, long wait Since then, of course, we had LMP1s in those days. It was the opening round of the 2009 Le Mans Series. But something rather special as well arranged for later today because for the first time in its modern history, at least, the European Le Mans Series is going to be racing into the night time because with sunset timetabled this evening for 9.20, the race will still have an hour and ten minutes to go at that point. We start at 6.30 tonight and race all the way through till half past ten. Something rather special therefore on the menu for the visit to Spain and certainly a very busy busy day for you and I Graham Goodwin it
1: certainly is Johnny Palmer good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the world as the cars are wheeled out into what is growing sunshine it's been blisteringly hot here since we arrived here uh, mid-week and it uh, is going to continue to get warmer through the day and into next week and we've got of course the FIWC cars here for the prologue that's less important today, though, than this qualifying session and that race. It is going to look spectacular. I know uh, you were out there in the grandstands watching yesterday evening, uh, Johnny. I was certainly in the press room watching, and it was bewitching stuff as the dusk kind of fell. Uh, Colours on the cars, absolutely beautiful. Pretty dark circuit out there, and it does look pretty special. Uh, looking forward to that enormously in this kind of sort of new era for ACO Mills Racing, where the race organisers are just looking to mix it up a little bit difference in race formats difference in race lengths in the uh, the WEC and here an absolutely packed grid again for what I know an awful lot of people seasoned observers of endurance racing are continuing to describe as one of if not the best endurance racing packages in the world right now 41 cars uh, we have on the entry uh, the, the best biggest Top-class prototype entry of any series anywhere in the world, uh, supported by some really good LMP3 teams and a very good grid indeed of GTE cars and a grid, by the way, I can tell you, which is only going to grow next year, according to uh, not just rumours but reports I'm hearing from within the racing industry around Europe. GTE, it is uh, for the European Le Mans Series Project One. This is the team from Germany, the world's most successful one mate Porsche team and newly crowned as both Le Mans and FIWC champions they are expanding their remits to include three cars, one in the LMS, two in the FIWC for the coming 2019-2020 season and we're expecting to see more of them I'm sure too, Johnny, we're going to see more of this name, Lusich Racing, new additions to the European Le Mans series this season with this car in the LMS in GTE, in a GT3 car that looks remarkably similar, because it is Um, in the Michelin Le Mans Cup of course under the umbrella of Marta Ferrari and his F Corsa uh, effort but those cars have been beautifully presented from the very start of the season and have been right in the mix Remember,
0: there'll be success ballast that we have to think about this weekend as well, which is new for 2019. That's based on the previous two results that we have had in the ELMS. So forget them on, that's not part of the championship. But we had rounds at Paul Ricard and at uh, Monza a month later. Christian Reid and Ricardo Pera together with Matteo Cairoli top the championship then in the GTE category in their Porsche and they lead by just a couple of points Alessandra Pierguidi, Nicholas Nielsen and Fabian Levers and they've had a cracking start to the year and Greg Goodwin's already mentioned the 71 Ferrari uh, that we caught a glimpse of, 51 Ferrari rather uh, that we called a glimpse of a moment or two ago Duncan Cameron, Matt Griffin, Aaron Scott's number 55 Ferrari is run by Spirit of Race Probably likely to be Matt Griffin in that car to qualify it. This is three doses, by the way, of qualifying. First of all for the GTEs, they get ten minutes. We then get about five minutes of downtime before the LMP3s get a crack of at it, it. And always a fascinating session, that, with 15 LMP3s unleashed onto the Barcelona asphalt. And then 18 LMP2s for their ten minutes of the session. But the, these times disappear so, so quickly. Bearing in mind it takes you the best part of a couple of minutes...
1: To do your out Graham. Right Absolutely, cars already on track. it's Racing will see Alessandro Pierguidi, uh, the previous year's uh, World Drivers' Champion in the W.C., will be at the wheel of the 51 car. It is indeed Matt Griffin, Matteo Griffoni, uh, the world's fastest Irish Italian. In the 55 Spirit of Race car, Team Project One has Porsche factory man York Bergmeister aboard the 56 Porsche 911 RSR. Andrea Pacini in the Kessel Racing number 60 car, JMW Motorsport still carrying the Art Car livery. And the Blackmore's livery from the Le Mans 24 Hours with a couple of tweaks uh, we'll talk about that when we get a chance Jeff Siegel aboard the 66 car uh, that team receiving their second place trophy from Le Mans uh, here yesterday uh, Christian Reed will be at the wheel of the number 77 car not the car that started the race weekend I'm afraid more news on that when we see you on screen EB Motors is in the hands of Marco Fredta number 80 Porsche and then Michel Gatting is aboard the number 83 car that's this car and again the 83 and the 60 Kessel cars carrying their stunning liveries that debuted at the Le Mans 24 Hours beautiful in the sunshine this field and some spectacular cars to look at to listen to and to savour particularly with those liveries this though Johnny Palmer is the number 77 Proton Comet sorry Dempsey Proton uh, Porsche but that's not the Porsche that started the race weekend no,
0: with dramas earlier on, of course, and the 77... I mean, they've had, the, they've had a fair share of bad luck, uh, have uh, Proton, over the years. I remember, uh, was it the start of last year where there was a chassis that was written off at the uh, during the prologue at Ricard, and they had to source a new sa- chassis uh, heading into the opening round of the season, and it's not been a great start to the, uh, the weekend for this 77 either. You wouldn't be able to tell because it's been stickered up beautifully... Uh, but uh, to be honest Graham, you'll have to tell me the full story about this having read a little bit about it but you were probably here when the incident happened I,
1: I was, it was Ricardo Pereira had an incident uh, which uh, damaged the left rear corner of the initial LMS car to the point where not repairable here at the circuit luckily the team running by the way just one car with the HA car not having uh, raced at Mons not entered here for Barcelona Uh, of course also staying on for that WC Prologue their WC cars were on the truck Uh, very rapidly, one of those wasn't on the truck anymore and uh, bodywork panels that could be and uh, there'd be stickering and any other changes for balance performance performed on that car in time to get this car which is I believe the 77 car for WC as well on track for FP2 so great work from uh, Christian Reeds, Reid's popular team, not that little anymore. Uh, and we do have the number no. 77 car out for qualifying. We're already, Johnny, three and a half minutes in and uh, waiting for the very first of these uh, quick qualifying laps to be completed. Keep uh, he held up, I'm afraid, by the Porsche. The number no. 83, Carver, once uh, impressed Michel Gassing, aboard the 83, hustling along in the 488 uh, GTE. Mix of course here of Ferrari and Porsche for the eight car uh, grid this GTE. And first across the line and set a qualifying time was Michel Gatting, but rapidly followed through by Andrea Puccini into the 143s. 143 for Puccini, look Bergmeister, point zero sorry, zero point one five back. Uh, with the a 1:43.6, they're the two into the 43s now. Until Alessandro Pierre Guidi, aboard the music Racing car, and then Matt Griffin uh, cross the line. They're separated, astoundingly, by 9,000 thousandths of a second. Both in the 143 threes and yet another qualifying session Johnny Palmer with the tiniest margins the top three are separated by less than a tenth of a second it's
0: amazing isn't it I mean this is a relatively short circuit I suppose you could argue just four and a half kilometres and well not simple in uh, its layout because there is gradient change there's a lot of high speed down to low speed corners as well so you come from huge high speed on the main straight into then a technical start to the lap through one and two more or less 90 degree right and left and then that long lingering right-hander at turn three uh, but the charge downhill into turns seven and eight which the 55 Ferrari is currently doing and uh, Matt Griffin heading into the braking area now topping the times but easy to get it wrong on the exit of seven and eight as well and swing far too out wide to the right side of the track and you will be leaping over one of the large yellow sausage curbs if you do that and then through the very fast right-hander at turn nine into then ten which is so easy to overcook high Speed uh, hard breaking into that left-hander, and then a very technical end to the lap, which includes the chicane at turns 14 and 15. That's exactly where the 56 Team Project One uh, uh, Porsche is. York Bergmeister deciding to pit though right behind the number 60, uh, the number 60 Ferrari, which is the Kessel machine, the dark blue
1: with the orange stripes. Yeah, already in, and looks like tie changes for the number 60, the number 56, the 66, the 83, the 77. Lots. Lots of tactical stuff underway. Can tell you uh, uh, already, as Johnny said at the start of the broadcast, it's ten years since we've been here with what was then the Le Mans series, a very different mix of cars with LMP1s and GT1s. Qualifying times have already blitzed the pole position. Not of the GT2 cars they've beat that by some four seconds, but already quicker than the GT1 pole sitting Aston Martin DBR9. That's a mark of progress in GTE. Uh, the likes of Matt Griffin. Alessandro Pierre Guidi uh, Andrea Puccini York Bergmeister Fretzer and Jeff Siegel have already beaten the time set by the team Modena uh, 59 GT1 uh, Aston Martin DBR9 Antonio Garcia and Thomas Enger back then uh, that's astounding in the first minutes of this qualifying session the top six beat that mark
0: just totalling together the uh, success stories that we should probably just mention uh, in passing I reckon this, the heaviest car is the 77 machine. So not only have they basically had to rebuild that car from the ground up, but also strapped 35 kilos on board as well. The 51 Ferrari, which is the Lucic Racing entry, Alessandro Pierguini doing the qualifying, that carries five kilos less. So 30 kilos for car 51. The 66 car has 15 kilos And the 83 car still carrying the 10 kilos That it got from finishing second At Paul Ricard at the start of the year It's based on the previous two results In the races of the championship Plus your championship position And if you featured in the top three of any of those Then you
1: will be carrying success ballast In terms of where we are in this session It is still Matt Griffin That nine thousandths of a second margin Barely worth mentioning it as a margin Over Alessandro Pierguini But it's enough top six cars within a second 0.835 a second separates the top six we've then got two cars that are further back including the currently eighth place car michelle gatting has yet to set a flying lap because uh, as unusually i'm afraid in this session has lost a lap Mm. for track limits but michelle gatting has together with the rest of the field pitted i think the new times for everybody and rejoins the session now in dire need of setting some kind of time. 1.43.372 is the mark to beat. we have got only two minutes left on the clock. Of course, they can complete a lap after, um, after the check and flag has been shown. But uh, who is going to make the move here? Matt Griffin, I'm sure, will be very happy indeed with that uh, that time. And particularly happy to beat his brewery... Alessandro Pierre They of course measure themselves against each other. 56 Porsche, I think, has
0: managed to squeeze one more lap out of it. Cross the line right. with
1: a minute and 40 to go,
0: and it takes a minute and 43 to get round it. So actually, no, it won't, will it? It'll just short the whole short. But therefore, the 83 car of Michelle Gatting will get the extra lap and she will dearly need that because as you say all the times that Michelle's posted so far have been deleted just 60 seconds of this opening 10 minute session to go and the
1: timing screen is lighting up we've got purple sectors galore we've got blue sectors everywhere else but the only car at the moment not on an improving lap is the EP Motors number 80 car back in 5th but uh, Puccini going quicker, Bergmeister going quicker, Siegel going p- quicker, Ricardo Perra going quicker, and unsurprisingly, in circumstances, uh, uh, Michelle Gatting is uh, is going quicker as well. Quicker two for Matt Griffin. Yeah, Guidi, though, does not improve. This is going to go to the wire again, Johnny Palmer. At the moment, Andrea Piccini looking very good here in the number 60 Kessel racing car. EP Motors, by the way, Pit. they will do no better than fifth.
0: What a perilous position, though, for Matt Griffin to be in. Nine thousandths of a second separate his Ferrari from Alessandro Pierre Guidi's. Was this a moment a couple of seconds ago for uh, the... 83 car. No, I don't think it was. That was Michelle Gatting actually improving. And as long as that lap stands, up to fifth position. Over the line goes to 56. It didn't squeeze another lap out of it. Jörg Bergmeister won't need another lap potentially because he's gone faster than everybody else by a quarter of a second. 0.271. And there is the Porsche for Team Project 1 in provisional pole. But three cars behind it on the timing screen. Already the time is beaten because Andrea Pacini for Kessel Racing and the 60 car goes
1: to the top. By 17 thousandths of a second how close do you want it staggering stuff yet again it delivers in qualifying so those two cars across the, the, the line still to come through Matt Griffith does not improve he's quarter of a second back from the pole position car we've just got the Michelle Gatting car to complete the lap she did set a flyer by the way within a second of pole by the way for Michelle Gatting so that's no mean feat uh, with the pressure on she's got around to, to start at least another lap I'm not sure what Michelle can do about improving the lap time Uh, but it will be Andrea Puccini and the number 60 car not at the best of seasons so far Kessel Racing in that 60 car 83 cars been on the podium the 60's been nowhere near it I don't think but Puccini sets pole position 143084 Uh, it is 0.2 someone's lap time
0: because Bergmeister's, Bergmeister's has lost his lap, lap has he time deleted his final lap and his well at the time pole lap then it was jumped back to second but that time's completely wiped and all of a
1: sudden the 56 cars back down in fifth Michelle Gatting is improving her time on this lap and does indeed get another place uh, so the the gap between the top seven cars out of the eight is eight tenths of a second in that qualifying session Andrea Puccini and Matt Griffin will form up ...as an all-Ferrari front row, the uh, 60 and the 55. It'll be an all-Ferrari second row as well... ...with Alessandro Pierre-Guidi and Jeff Siegel... ...forming third and fourth place on that grid. Those four, separated by less than four-tenths of a second... York Bergmeister and Michel Gatting will form row three... ...the 56 Team Project 1 car and the 83 Kessel Racing. Ricardo Pera uh, will be seventh... ...and the EB Motors car in the hands of Marco Fretta... ...props up the field... That was spectacular stuff in a very different way uh, for qualifying, but uh, the margins, tiny, 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 but could have been even tinier if Jörg Bergmeister had actually kept the car on the grey stuff.
0: Pretty much a second separates all eight GTE cars, and it's 1.094 across the field, and interestingly, the heaviest cars... 51 qualifying third and 77 down in seventh that might be down to ricardo perra though doing the driving rather than Matteo cairoli because Pera, the silver uh, elected to be put into that car presumably to gain a bit more experience hopefully that 60 car ferrari is yeah. going to get in yes it is it looked the nose looked a little bit too close to the tires though as it turned right into the paddock
1: but it's, uh, it's scrutineering it's got to go for post-session scrutineering i think just missed the instruction there uh, to put those times into context, at 143084 that is exactly 1.4 seconds quicker than a GT1-class Aston Martin DBR9 uh, managed 10 years ago oh. uh, at this fixture when it was still a Le Mans series effort. And in terms of where we were, uh, the, I guess the more relevant class at the time it was 147.8 was the Ferrari 430, uh, the Virgo motorsport car at that stage, but that was Jim McWurter's car. Um, it was a 1478 so that is, what, 4.8 seconds the GTE cars have found over GT2 from 10 years ago. I
0: was going to say, just remind us what class that was. So that was GT2 times, um, and, yeah, I suppose you can sort of compare the two. Yep. GT2 to, remember, these aren't GT3 cars. These are GTE machines and the GT class that you find at Le Mans and in the uh, European Le Mans
1: series and in the World Endurance Championship as well. Massive differences that 10 years have actually made in terms of the technology, the motive power uh, that we get here, the aerodynamics, and not least, of course, the tyre technology. Uh, it's an old Dunlop uh, field in the GT class for the European Le Mans series. Michelle Gatting will be relieved, I think, after that, uh, but irritated that she lost uh, at the time earlier in the session. But she's home and home safely and on that grid. Um, car looks great in that livery. And you know, something looks even better in the carbon it really does uh, that, that's a livery in both regards the 60 and the 83 that really pops in the sunshine I think it was a surprise to a lot of people who'd seen the render when we saw those liveries for the first time at the Le Mans 24 hours just how good it looked in daylight and uh, we've got some great looking cars here in the European Le Mans series there is the pole sitting car though the number 60 another pole setter a new pole setter for the LMS. and uh, in this first full season effort for Kessel Racing in GTE, 56 and the growing force that is Project One Motorsports and third on the grid after sitting provisional pole Matt Griffin in the number 55 spirit of race car Duncan Cameron's very familiar dark green and white 55 Ferrari and we are about to go qualifying again this time with the LMP3 cars
0: Yes, so another 10 minutes appear on the clock and the time between sessions is scheduled to be a further 10 minutes. So this session is due to start in about four and a half and uh, lots of cars then will to be wheeled out onto the apron at the same time into fantastic sunshine that we have at nearly 11 o'clock in the morning here at Circuit de Catalunya and uh, many different paint schemes, of course, that are evident on these LMP3 cars, one or two that are fairly new to uh, get our sights upon as well. However, uh, let's first of all catch up with what happened in the <laughs> GTE category. Louise Beckett is already down there in the pits for us.
2: Sergio is just making himself look presentable for the interview, very nice. Um, last moment is so close and competitive in that category.
3: Uh, there has been a fantastic battle, I'd say. Andrea did uh, an amazing job, a super lap and we were expecting to be very competitive because the team Kessel Racing did as usual a fantastic job to prepare the car, and I think Andrea did show out, uh, I mean, that he still is a really great driver. He did, I think, uh, a, a perfect lap, and I see all the others are very, very close. We have a small gap ahead, so we are very happy, of course. We are waiting for him to celebrate this fantastic moment with all the guys and uh, let's see for the race today
2: did you expect so many cars to come in for tire change
3: Uh, to be honest yes because i mean i think this is the right strategy and also the temperature is helping a lot uh, to 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 have the tires uh, perfectly ready in the in the very first lap so we were expecting that more or less all the cars were trying to do two attempts that was the right strategy for sure
2: okay thank you well done
3: uh, thank you thank you very much
0: Alessandro or rather Sergio Pianazzola Alessandro P- uh, Puccini's teammate, and Sergio former rally driver in fact but uh, managed to get to Le Mans for the first time in his career this year they achieved a 13th place finish Its co-drivers Claudio Schiavone Pianazzola who we just heard from and Andrea Puccini who takes pole position
1: is Pianazzola also the hill climber I think he also does
0: hill climbers well, there are brothers Pianazzola because there's ah. a Gilberto Pianazzola as well they both raced in the World in, in the World Rally Championship. Oh, wow, and uh, Gilberto far more rallying experience. In fact, um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. There's. There seems to be a strong connection between hill climbing in doesn't various it? parts of Europe and the ELMS or the Michelin Le Mans Cup.
1: It, it, it needs that particular breed of insanity, doesn't it? I think it? you're probably right. Absolutely right. You can see there uh, from the, the local crowd and people coming in. Uh, ...to the circuit as we look at one of the new additions... ...to the European Le Mans series grid here, just on the left there... ...just a quick shot in the Palais crew... ...the bright yellow car, the Ace 1, of course... ...we'll have a quick chat about that when we see her on screen... Um, ...this is of course one of the new things uh, about coming to Barcelona... ...we've never had LMP3 cars here before this weekend in ACO Rules Racing... ...so new times to be set, new marks to be set... ...we've already seen the Michelin Le Mans Cup cars out for their qualifying sessions just a little earlier it's now going to be the LMS's turn and it's a mark of the level of success we've seen since this class was introduced just in 2015 we've got 40 or so cars across the two championships um, with something like 20 in the uh, Michelin mon Cup and 19 of them uh, 15 sorry here of them in the, uh, the LMS and this is going to be another automotive war without a shadow of a doubt
0: It's Jens Pettersen and Mikkel Jensen who lead the championship by 10 points in the LMP3s for the Euro-International squad, car number 11, but uh, second... As I say, by a relatively tight margin, considering it's 25 points for a win, are Martin Hipper and Nigel Moore in their number 13 inter-Europol competition machine. Ultimate complete the top three in this early, relatively early part of the season, because we've still got four races to go, remember, for Jean-Baptiste Le Hay, François Herriot and Mathieu Le Hay for the Ultimate squad, number 17 in their traditional... Uh, very
1: dramatic paint scheme, that
0: metallic red, and cherry, cherry red, red,
1: yeah, with the white. And I guess worthy of mention here is is that split between the uh, the Lige runners and the Norma runners, because the Normas in the Michelin and Cup, for instance, much the quicker, certainly in qualifying trim, but yet in the LMS, it's two uh, Ligiers that actually top mm, the table. True, and the, the margins are not that great. We are not that long into, of course, the LMS season. This is only race three of six. And,
0: of course, you know, when you're talking about a four-hour race rather than single-lap speed, and, you know, how good is your driver combination? How good are the team as well in turning the car around during the pit stops? Because when we get to the four-hour race, which we'll remind you, is today at 6.30 tonight... These cars are likely to do, well, a minimum of three pit stops during that race, two of which are timed, i.e. you cannot go quicker than the timed uh, pit stop, and we'll make sure we've got all the details for you later on during the race. The last stop that you make, which can incidentally be the first or the middle stops, and have to be the last one, can be as quick as you like, but those, those two mandatory pit stops that are done to a minimum pit stop time are so, so
1: crucial so cars out on circuit and almost all of them straight out waiting for the last three or four to hit the track but the drivers we're already seeing out there the number th- two and three United Autosports cars in the hands of Wayne Boyd and Christian England uh, it is who is in that car it is Andreas Lascaratos in the 360 Racing number five Was Kaiser in the sister number six uh, waiting for the Nielsen Racing cars to appear real team racing David Drew uh, Mikkel Jensen in the Euro International, the championship leading number 11 car into Europol's 13 and 14 in the hands of Nigel Moore and Sam de Jong, respectively. RLR have puts Christian Olsen aboard the number 15 uh, Ligier Ultimates. Mathieu Lahaye, Hay. Uh, and then we've got the M Racing Weimar car in the hands of Jan Erlacher. And then the addition to this grid this weekend, the Ace 1 Velorbe Corsa car in the hands of Alessandro Bressan. Just joining a little later uh, on as the rest of the stream go by, Colin Noble, predictably aboard the number seven Nielsen car. James Littlejohn aboard the sister number eight car with a different drive lineup this weekend for that car.
0: And Alessandro Bressan is, if that's a new name to you, uh, formerly of uh, Lamborghini Trofeo North America uh, fame and has done some karting in the past as well. Silver rated from uh, Conogliano in Italy and uh, joining that team then Ace 1 Villorba Corsa certainly not a new team name uh, because they've raced in uh, LMP2 uh, in the past in the LMS and I remember them racing in GT3s as well Villorba Corsa uh, so uh, well known team from Italy but Ace 1 Villorba Corsa is the
1: official entrant in LMP3 this weekend so Villorba Corsa with plans for this effort we will see that car for another couple of races in the LMS we'll see that car in the Asia Le Mans series later this year into next year then a full season plan here with the LMS next year with a driver squad they're looking to develop and build the ladder, um, it does give us for all the force in both the LMS and the Michelin Le Monk Cup again, having lost that deal for the Settler Racing LMP2 Delaro that's moving on to the uh, FI World Endurance Championship. which of course, we'll be here later this week. We're seven minutes left already mm. uh, for this. There we go. That is the Inter Europort Brains Trust. Inter Europol not just a bakery not just a bakery
0: hashtag uh, which I do you know I learned that for the first time at Le Mans because uh, I went for a coffee there that it's not just a bakery that's what it said on the mugs I I had no idea what Inter Europol actually did it's a commercial bakery I know I know that now Graham (laughs) 20 or more countries I think Um, Uh, and and yeah but uh, hashtag not just a bakery I like that so uh, they have expanded to, is it three cars they've got now? It's only got an LMP2 and t- two, two, two three LMP3s. That's correct. They've yeah. got
1: three cars and they're expanding their remit all over the place. We, of course, saw them with their first ever Le Mans starts uh, last month. And uh, that's another team, by the way, that will be taking a multi-car effort into the Asian Le Mans series uh, during the winter as well. It is getting busier and busier for these teams, isn't it? Lots of opportunities. Mikkel Jensen, meanwhile, is the first man to complete a flying lap. Uh, on top of the, uh, the top of the times and the number 11 new International card Championship leader in a 1.40.931 8.10 to a second uh, clear of Mathieu Le Hay. that's a very good lap time indeed from Mikkel Jensen. the observers around the track are watching
0: keenly to make sure that these lap times are being done within the track limits we had one or two deleted uh, earlier on the day during the Michelin Le Mans Cup session and uh, cars can very easily run wide on the exit of corners mainly, brief glimpse there of Alex
1: Brundle well, a previous champion of course at p 3 mm-hmm. for United Autosports and uh, well, ok is Colin Noble aboard the number seven car. Has he got a championship at some point in the near future? He's certainly ever a contender, isn't he, Colin? And uh, a real battler too. He comes through. He goes second, four three one off the pole posit- current uh, pole position time. Mikkel Jensen then from Colin Noble, Ligier from Norma, 11 from 7 in the front row. Mathieu Lahey and Jan Ullacher currently sitting third and fourth.
0: Damiano Fioravanti leaping over the curbs and going to pole position by almost half a second. 0.428 is now the gap with two absolute best sector times on that trip around in the number 10 car. As I mentioned, leaping over the curbs out of turn 14. I was slightly concerned something had broken off the car there, but I think it was just a bit of gravel caught around the curbs. Uh, But uh, obviously, the officials will uh, watch that lap back again to make sure everything was fine. I'm sure it is. Mikkel Jensen going close to within one point, uh, or rather 0.132 of a second now, to make it a Norma Ligier front row,
1: but plenty more time still to go. But Furavanti has gone half a second quicker than Jensen in the first sector. This is a heck of a run from Damiano Furavanti. It is. In the Oregon
0: team. Norma M30 and his teammates in that car again will be Gustas Grimbergis and Lorenzo Bontempelli.
1: One silver and one or rather, no, pardon, both bronze drivers. Yep, Nigel Moore leaps up to fourth, quickest. It's Norma Ligier, Norma Ligier, Norma Ligier. The top six at the moment with Wayne Boyd popping up in sixth place. Uh, on this provisional grid at the moment with the number 2 United Autosports car so it's Oregon team Damiano Fioravanti in the number 10 Norma from the 11 Euro International Ligier with Mikael Jensen both those men going quicker again on this flat by the way Colin Noble currently third in the number 7 Nielsen Racing Norma Nigel Moore in the 13 inter Europe competition Ligier Mathieu LeHay fifth at the moment in the 17 Ultimate Norma Wayne Boyd in the number 2 United Autosports Ligier sitting sixth
0: and Fioravanti goes over the line to do a 140.371 so that extends the gap again it's up to a quarter of a second over Mikkel Jensen but Jensen can reply almost immediately to go top by 0.164 of a second 1.84 of a second in fact so Ligier fastest now and that's all down to the championship leaders Euro International and Mikkel
1: Jensen yeah and it's shuffling again Ross Kaiser pops up into fifth place uh, in the order in the number 6 360 Racing lige now so it really is a real mix up here between the Ligiers and the Normas. some very quick men indeed aboard these cars it is 140.187 is the mark to beat we've got just about two and a half minutes on the clock remaining in another quick fire qualifying session can anybody top Mikkel Jensen it doesn't look as if it's going to be Nigel Moore he's pitted the number 13 car I think there's been an opportunity for Nigel to get a back around to get another flying lap in. Colin Noble looks like he's improving, but I don't think enough to trouble pole position. He'll make a lot of it, of course, because that's what always happens. Wayne Boyd pops up in four, in fourth though. It does trouble Colin Noble's time. So it's Jensen from Fioravanti, Colin Noble and Wayne Boyd at the moment, waiting for Colin to complete that lap. So
0: Two minutes to go, and as we suspected, that is going to be all she wrote for Inter Europol competition, because Nigel Moore stepping out of the car, having brought it into the pit lane just a few moments ago. Colin Noble does not find an improvement on that last lap around. Car 8 just crossed the line, that's uh, James Littlejohn in the other Nielsen Racing Machine, the number 8 car. That was an improvement for the British driver, though, 142.1.
1: Uh, to give that car 10th place. Race control so they're investigating a lap from car 7. I wonder if that was track limits at the end of that lap because he didn't improve the time. It was a slower final sector. I wonder if Colin's had time just off the track a little there. He's going quicker again this time. Uh, Ross Kaiser pops up now fourth, so it's a battle in the middle order. Matthew LaHaye goes third and leapfrogs Colin Noble, who is isn't improving on this this lap, he's going reasonably quickly but I don't think quickly enough to make a difference, should get one more lap in I think, just about Colin Noble
0: the 10 and the 11 cars I reckon will, uh, this is their final lap now, so yes the chequered flag will fall somewhere between where James Littlejohn is on the track, just exiting turn nine now. And the top two on on the times that are running more or less nose to tail around the track currently. But this will be the final chance for either Mikkel Jensen or Damiano Fioravanti to improve. And they are both going very rapidly indeed, as is Mathieu La currently third
1: fastest. As is Jan Olache, but both within striking distance of the first couple of uh, the uh, front row. Uh, both lapping uh, with first sectors on what will be the last flying laps in 28.8. That's within a tenth of where they need to be. Don't think we're going to see an attack here for the number 10 car on pole position. Unless we have real dramas, just six seconds left on the clock. They will cross the line uh, and see the chequered flag. James Littlejohn improves, but will do no better than tenth with that lap. Wait to see what, uh, what occurs here. Where are the dramas going to come from, Johnny Palmer? What? Is it going to be like Jano Lachey?
0: Macho La Haye's one to watch in the red and white car. Here comes out of the final corner, Damiano Fioravanti. Is this going to be improvement for the Italian, first of all? No. So that car will stay second. Mikkel Jensen quickly over the line as well. And no improvement to be found there in fact I think Jensen's pitted
1: so the top two are going to be locked into position it's going to be all about third and downwards can they go faster Matthew Lahaye has gone quicker but does not improve his position he just shaves a tenth and a half from that Erlache goes to fourth that is an improvement and shuffles Colin Noble down a further position to fifth uh, on the grid so it's Mikkel Jensen uh, still yet to see the chequered flag in the number 11 car has he gone straight to Park Furman not cross the line he stopped it says here Okay, interesting maybe he didn't quite
0: make the pit lane Um, he was certainly slowing through the final few corners and I tracked him as far as the chicane as in he'd exited turns 14 and 15 but then started to slow up at 16 so maybe a drama within touching distance of the pit lane but Louise Beckett reporting she can't see that uh, the number 11 car in the pits the crucial thing is he's already got pole position so it's not overly concerning that the car's not made it back apart from... uh, the post scrutineering checks that uh, the post session checks that it may have to have done. Can't see the car parked at turn 16. I have to say. As I think. Yeah,
1: I think he's come down pit. I wonder if he's turned immediately right and not made the full pit lane. Yeah, yeah. Before he's crossed that pit uh, pit, li- uh, pit uh, entry line. Not made the loop. By the way, be at the after moment, scrutineering at the flag, Mikkel Jensen. It is that's got the pole position. Uh, in the number 11, your international car championship leaders and the winners from the back of the grid. Remember at uh, Monza last time out, 140.187. Point uh, one eight four advantage over Damiano Fioravanti in the number 10 Oregon team. Norma. It's Mattia Haye in the ultimate car, the number 17 Norma that is third on the grid, point four three eight off the pole position time uh, with Jan Erlache in the last minutes. Uh, Attempt to get to pole position comes down the pit lane now. In the number 19 M Racing car is something like uh, just under eight t- uh, nine tenths off the pole position time ahead of Colin Noble, who seemed to struggle right at the end there to find the pace of the number seven Nielsen Racing Norma. Wayne Boyd, the quicker of the two United cars, sixth on the grid. And Ross Kaiser for 360 Racing, Nigel Moore for Inter Europol competition, David Drew in the real team. Uh, number nine car and completing the top ten in that order, James Lesbichon and second Nielsen. James Winslow for 360 Racing, uh, Sandra Brissant for the 8th One for Robert Corset squad, uh, Christian England uh, for United Autosports, uh, Christian Olsen for RRM Sports, and Sam Young for the 14 Inter Europol competition complete the order in that quick fire uh, lmp 3 qualifying session. First at the Circuit de Catalunya. Uh, for the LMP3 class in the European Le Mans series.
0: And it's yet another different qualifying car on pole position as well because the 11 car's never done it before this season. We've had poles for the 10 Oregon team Norma, for the number 19 M Racing Norma, but this is also a first for the Ligier as well. So congratulations to Mikkel Jensen and to uh, uh, his teammate, And we'll be grabbing a word with either of those two guys, I'm sure. Very shortly indeed, but they lead the championship already, so 43 points to their name, and that will further back up their uh, championship advantage because it will now stretch to a, uh, another point. So 11 points will be the advantage for Jens Pettersen and Mikkel Jensen now over Martin Hipper and Nigel Moore for inter europol competition. That's the 19 car that has taken a pole position already. at Monza two months ago, and one of the cars that... Uh, uh, was the last into the pit lane, James Littlejohn. But confirmation of the times, the first poll of the year for your international, 140.187. After Mikkel Jensen posted that time, he was 0.184 of a second quicker than Damiano Fioravanti for Oregon. Ultimate qualifying in third position, Matthew Lehay, ahead of uh, Jan Ehrlichia, who set that time late on for M Racing. Nielsen Racing will start from fifth position for Colin Noble. And Wayne Boyd from sixth for the United Autosports squad, they number two, Ligier. And a little further down the charts, the 60 cars we know taking pole position in the GTE category from the 55 Spirit of Race, Ferraris. Uh, to make it three Ferraris, four Ferraris indeed in the top four in GTE. 51 and 66 qualify on the
1: second row in the GTE category. Uh, Jan-Eulachet with the man I'm sure he calls Uncle Ivan. Um, <laughs> he is indeed his uncle. Uh, but uh nice, neat separation, by the way, between the classes there. Just a tiny margin between the the slowest of the uh, LMP3 cars in qualifying and the quickest of the GT3s. Next up, last year safety belts, it's going to be the 18 Gibson engine LMP2s. This is going to be spectacular. Before that, though, it's time to go back down to the pit lane. And uh, Louise Beckett has with her the non-driving Pole position setter Jens Petterson from the, your international squad.
2: Well, as the number 11 car goes into scrutineering, Jens Petterson it's a great result for you. Great way to start this weekend.
3: Yeah, it is. I'm probably not the right person for the interview because all the credit goes to my teammate and the team itself. But we are very happy because we uh, got one extra point now. Uh, it's always nice to be on the front row but as we saw at Monza, it's a long race so it's not always important to be on the front row but we are happy to start there.
2: Uh, First time back here for 10 years uh, back in Barcelona for ELMS how is the circuit?
0: Yeah it's a nice one I especially liked it last night when we were driving in in the night it was really really yeah exciting.
2: Okay thanks very much. Thanks
0: bye. Interesting that it's two duos at the top of the championship at the moment, though. Pettersson, you've just heard from, and Mikkel Jensen from Martin Hipper and Nigel Moore. And then the first trio of drivers in third position in the championship hunt Jean Baptiste Lehay, Mathieu Lehay, the brothers, and Francois Herriot for Ultimate, who have qualified well as well. Third position for those guys of France. So we turn our attentions now to LMP2s and the busiest session of the day for this category. 18 cars all being well will flood out onto the circuit and this a chance then to maybe even beat some times that have been set at this place for the last 10 years not sure we're going to get down to LMP1 pace uh, in the era of 2009 but certainly should be much much faster than the LMP2s that were in that race uh, which was the opening round of the Le Mans series as it was called in those days I think there were just five races that year starting off in Spain the uh, Aurus is already out on pit lane, by the way. The Aurus 01, which is basically an Orica, people. G. Uh, Orica 07 for G Drive Racing. And uh, this, the high class racing machine. Has it always had the flag of no. Catalan on the no, dorsal fin? No, that, that, I quite
1: like that as that an looked, addition. That looked great. I have to, I have to say, I hadn't d- noticed that uh, when looking down the pit lane yesterday. High-class racing, by the way, Danish flag, but actually based here at the circuit. Oh, right. Uh, so based just behind the grandstand, you'll, uh, you, you can see on the left-hand side of the cars when we get that shot. It's uh, their unit there, and that's where they will be... Uh, Managing behind that grandstand, um, managing their efforts both in the European Le Mans Series and in the World Endurance Championship, they enter that championship for the first time this year, and in the Asia Le Mans Series as well. So, will become part of an exclusive club that will actually have LMP2 cars in all three of the major uh, ACO organised championships. The 32 car from United Autosports, that is Alex Brundle.
0: You'll be sharing with Ryan Cullen and Willow in come the race, but yes, baby brondle uh, in for the uh, qualifying duties. BHK motorsport is the uh, British flag's number 35 Orica. Francesco Draconi, Sergio Campana, and uh, Gary Finley. The Campana, I would imagine, doing the qualifying there. Gary
1: Finley, of course, in addition for this race in the BHK car another new addition to a packed LMP2 field this year stepping up for LMP3 last year the cars start to make their way down towards pit exit. where so uh,
0: I'm just checking actually whether Gary Finlay, ha- yes he has raced LMP2s in the past uh, did uh, a race for G-Drive racing in 20. 20- 18. so that was the Silverstone race that we saw Gary, the man from Strand do, and then 2016 for Murphy Prototype he so has got some LMP2 experience he's also raced LMP3s in the LMS for uh, graph racing back in 2015 back
3: for LMP2s. we are at 20 seconds to open pit exit
0: so just a handful of seconds before we get going with this 10 minute session a couple of minutes really to do your out lap and then as many laps as you can bang in which might be five could even be six if you manage to skip across the line with a couple of seconds to go before the chequered flag comes out if you start a lap before the chequered flag is shown then it will count in true mastermind fashion so here come all the cars then the first of the Ligiers will be the United Autosports Machine to the 22 car if not the 32 and the 34 into Europol competition machine being held on pit road I'm reminded by seeing the Michelin tyres on this car that we also have a tyre battle in this of course as well Dunlop versus Michelin and uh, it remains to be seen who's got the stronger tyre this weekend
1: now, I'm not sure we're going to see him in this session but uh, another addition to the uh, grid here aboard that 34 car Adrian Tombe, a man with a famous surname so Patrick Tombay one driver of old and uh, Adrian himself with DTM experience amongst uh, the entries on his CV, 28 year old. Very nice chap, he is too. They're out they go, and I think this one's going to be close as well. Jimmy Palmer.
0: See, there no is white, it should not be, and uh, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it, to see one or two philosophies from the teams to say okay let's just hold back even though it's a very quick fire session better actually to wait for some gaps in the traffic, traffic street, number 21 car only just being released now in fact but the car at the head of the order that managed to beat everybody else out onto the track is the 28 uh, G-Drive car 28 e Dex Sport car I should say with G-Drive not very far behind I make it 5th on the road but the 28 of Paulu Shatat currently heading through the chicane at turns 14 and 15 and now into the very fast turn 16 right-hander that brings you back onto the main straight just being sent from the pit lane now is the 43 car with Arjun Maini at the wheel of the RLRM sport machine fresh from uh, four recent GP2 races that he did with Campos Racing at the Red Bull Ring and Silverstone so good to have Arjun Maini Back in uh, high-level single-seater racing, but he can also hurl
1: a two-seater prototype around Barcelona very rapidly too. And he's thoroughly enjoying his time in sports cars. Have uh, time to spend a couple of. Oh, we got off early on in the session for the number 30 car, that's the Ducati engineering car in the hands of Nico Jaman. It's a red flag immediately. But that's uh, with seven and a half minutes of the session remaining. The clock has stopped. Nico Jaman brings out the red flag. Now, was that did he uh, did he do that by himself? or was there what's happened here into turn one there's nobody else around oh and it just on him. just snaps to the right
0: and all of a sudden he's going he's being hurled at turn one backwards pretty much amazingly the gravel trap did a very good a job there uh, it's not the the deepest of gravel traps there is a tire wall there which is about three or four tires deep too but amazingly jama didn't connect with
1: that the gravel arrested the speed supremely well that uh, red flag came before uh, any cars had actually completed a flying lap that's going to cramp their style and their strategy without a shadow of a doubt trouble then early on in the session for the number 30 car Nico Jaman and that's a car that's been in the mix throughout the season looks to be knocking on the door of success with the Kin engineering but not like that
0: now, technically speaking, we're not going to lose any time here because the clock has been stopped. Seven minutes and 39 seconds, it reads. However, everyone's going to go back to the pits and therefore going to have to do another outlap, yep. which is the best part of two minutes gone again. A good lap time around here is going to be in the 1 minute 35 sort of area, I think. 134,
1: 135. And. 134s we've seen in free practice. We've seen this yeah, okay. again, by the way. What happens it is a break grab or something. It's weird. That's a weird place for that to happen. Yeah. But, uh,
0: and well, uh, the I safety
1: features of the track did their job, didn't they? Kept him up that tarot barrier.
0: Yes, certainly so. And Nicolas Jaman will be grateful for that. But uh, a highly unusual mistake for the Rouen-born Frenchman. And 23 years old, he's uh, gold-graded and normally rapid in these prototypes. So whether something snapped on the car, i.e. broke, failed... Uh, We will have to find out after the session But uh, the rest of the cars around the track Are having to return to the pit lane But at a much, much reduced speed I mean this is full course yellow sort of speed You're probably asked to do about uh, 30 or 40 k's To make sure that you return safely Marshalls are on track But they're all at turn 1 Getting the 30 car back to hard standing And I reckon As long as the 30 car is okay to continue It will be permitted to by the officials the downside for everybody else is that uh, it may well uh, spill a load of stones now down at turn 1 and turn 2 the the Michelin tyres are pretty much done so they will have to be switched but uh, there are lots of little inlets and uh, um, steering vanes on these cars where gravel can hide and of course it all rattles out onto the circuit just as soon as the car starts to work its way around to turn three and four so drivers will need to be mindful of that the number 45 Carlin Delara, appears on pit road and installed in that car to do the qualifying Harry Tinknell who shares with Jack Manchester and Ben Barnicke once again this
1: weekend for Trevor Carlin's outfit well, soon going to see whether or not this fire is still in the belly of that car. Just an error. <laughs> <laughs> the right
3: oh, well, Chama's doing a good yeah, job because okay, he's off, off the racing road. road. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and there is a slightly different route that can be uh, put into place depending on what iteration of the track is used. It's almost like a, there's an outside pit lane there. Yeah,
1: that um, but sound but I mean, it sound horrible. It will do. Still breath pouring
0: out the side pods
3: of that car. And the windscreen still, wiper uh, is uh, 30, fully horizontal. Still losing stones, tell your driver to keep out of the racing line. Tell him to pick up to speed to come back into the pits. I, he may go over the 80 kilometres an hour. He may go, car 30, may go over the 80 kilometres an hour.
1: And that mm-hmm. is a race director looking to get this back underway as rapidly as possible
0: yeah and also hoping to get the stones loose i think from that car as well but yes wanting the car to return to the pits as quickly as possible so just before we go back to the session let's grab this opportunity to hear from pierre rag who's in the pits with lou
2: yes pierre rag and all of the team have seen the pictures and i know that nico is speaking to you over team radio so what do you think has happened at that point
3: Hard to know uh, for this moment but uh, he, Nico said he locks the, the rear uh, the rear tires and uh, he lose the car in the first corner so maybe uh, not uh, all was warm very well and uh, but uh, we don't touch the wall and uh, we can continue the, the quality so that's the most important thing
2: sure is thanks very much
3: thank you a former european le mans series
0: champion pierre rag in 2013 when he won with cinetech alpine now with Duquesne
1: Engineering, though. And double duty this uh, coming season as well. He'll be stepping up with Signature Harpin again uh, for the full WEC. But uh, it did look a bit of an odd one, that one, didn't it? uh... Uh, Yes. Although the
0: fact that the car is continuing around and uh, is likely to rejoin the session, that really does suggest it was more of an error from Nicolas Jamat. uh, nothing appears to be awry with the car so a rare moment note this down in your diary if indeed that is the case this time the pit road race is won by car 34 because Inter Europol competition are at the front of the queue and arguably in the best position. Paul Loop Shatter managed that a moment or two ago, but the green flag is now waved and everyone starts to get going. And already we're down to seven and a half minutes of time left in this session with zero time set so far. No hanging around.
1: And there will be some gravel around, around. although uh, Pierre. Uh, Pierre uh, just, uh, Chema did a good job of keeping up the from the racing line, which will be a lot gravel around the circuits. just going to a sort of freneticism we're going to see in the next seven or eight minutes with these cars on track and now looking to get as quick a marker down as they possibly can. On board with the 49 car. And uh, that car in the hands of Jonathan Hershey the Stewart's by the way for crossing the white right line at pit exit on his first time out of the pits. They've been careful not to have again. He looks to go by the 43 R&R sport, uh, RLRM spot bar of Raja 90. What is the mark going to be? As we said, 134s we've seen in free practice. The mark from 2009 by the way for the LMP1 car, rather oddly with the Sitec engine in the back, the uh, grandfather if you like of the current Gibson. 132.4, 131.8 the year before when the Peugeot was here. There. 134s was the mark from both of the qualifying to the free practice sessions yesterday. Mm. And you would
0: think, now that these cars are on a uh, very uh, small amount of fuel in the tank, uh, you would think it's certainly possible to go quicker than we've seen in free practice. Uh, lots of opposite lot required there from Jonathan Hershey as he scrambles for grip coming out of turns 13 and 14 through the long right-hander at 15 and across the line so he's
1: about to start a fast lap now for car 39 the graft machine 39 and 43, 34 the first three onto those quick laps we'll see what the marks are going to come and how quickly they'll come whether or not we see that lap time progression or whether or not it's going to be one and done for some of these teams I doubt it the other advantage in this qualifying session is rather less traffic. It's uh, 41 cars for the European Le Mans series here. That makes for a busy ticket to Catalunya.
0: It's uh, Jot van Aert, Norman Nato and Roman Rusinov, by the way, who topped the championship by just two points after a win last time out at Monza. They've had a pole position as well at Paul Ricard. It's just uh, the result they're paying for a little bit was the... Fourth position that they got at Paul Ricard, but nevertheless, that was uh, pretty good. 38 points their tally so far from Memo Rojas, Paul Lafargue, and Paul Luke Chata who drive the 28 Edex Sport car.
1: And of course, Nato will lose the championship league because he's not in that uh, 26. Jean-Richard Verne after missing the first two races with other commitments, uh, will be stepping in this time. Is actually the last man on pit lane. Just hearing from Rebecca down the pit lane, the three four. Panis part car has come in for a change of tyres very early on in this session, still waiting for the first flying laps to come. Just four minutes left in the session, and not a single flying lap. Actually, as I say, that's <laughs> Danny Klaus, uh local driver, of course, pops round in a 135 259. 133 in the first lap we've seen in the 33s this weekend comes to Jonathan Hershey. He tops the times. Marjan Miney, 133 999. From the Indian driver in the ROM sport car. He sits second as the lap times tick through, but some quick men still to come.
0: Yep, so Hershey for Graf, Miney for ROLR, Harry Tinknell slots into third position now for Carlin in the number 45 car, Ben Hanley's fourth fastest for Dragon Speed, number 21, and then Alex Brundle is fifth quickest in the 32 car. But what about the freshly crowned Formula E champion Jean-Éric Verne who's very late to the party indeed somehow you just feel that that doesn't really matter that won't really matter for the Frenchman car 26 about to light the blue touch
1: paper Nico Lapierre on a flyer as well he's approaching the line in the 37 Cool Racing car. goes to the top it's a 133 3.58 half a second up on Jonathan Hershey's best So the 37 Cool Racing Orica from the Graf Orica our Sports Orica then Harry Tinknell in the 45 Carl, Colin Dallara big slide there from uh, from Napier as well on his way to that provisional pole setting time Paul-Luc Chata about to come through the final corner and cross the line
0: and to pole position by a half a second nearly six tenths in fact it's a
1: 132.765 for Paul-Luc Chata tremendous effort car 28 that would have been good enough for second on the grid 10 years ago and ahead of the Lola Aston Martin astonishingly The number of scalps that these LMP2 cars are taking in history uh, of sports car racing is quite astonishing. These are very rapid cars indeed, and Chatan is going quicker this time around, as is Lapierre. There's some quick time still to come in the closing couple of minutes of this session
0: again shout out a former elms champion back in 2014 he managed to win the more prototype challenge uh, part of the championship in 2013 as well and has been a man to watch ever since those days really gold graded 27 years old from france and uh, can anyone beat the time he's just set a 132.7 well plenty are out there to try and do that with still one and three quarter minutes to go jean-eric verne's early effort we haven't yet seen but he's on a flying lap now and just heading into oh. the final sector dramas though for the number hmm, not oh, sure 37 yes, I thought it was yeah. it's the
1: pole position no, it was the pole position car Nico Lapierre had set two quicker times he said he'd actually uh, it, it slipped through the final turn does it again and takes just a little bit too much of a liberty is that going to cramp the style of anybody else a clipping
0: a bollard as well, which went skating its way towards the pit lane entry there, so that will have to be retrieved a little later by one of the brave marshals in that part of the circuit. The 32 at Ligier from United Autosports just working its way through, but Nicolas Lapierre now uh, still being shown has stopped on the circuit, but I think he's, his car has moved from that scene. I can't see any yellow flags being displayed
1: on he's the route pitted. into the pit lane, okay. so that will be his uh, effort done. It will not be pole position for. Racing, Ajimini pops up again into third place with the fastest third sector of the session. It was another 132.7, uh, by the way, from Shatan. Amazing uh, consistency there. 132.76 to 132.78 on the following lap. But he would have encountered, I think, just the end of. Uh, Lapierre's incidents. So, Chatan from Lapierre, from Miney, from Hershey, Edex Sports from Cool Racing, RRM Sports, and Graf, Orica 1, 2, 3, 4. Uh, where Jean Eric Verne popped in. Eighth only at the moment for Jean Eric Verne. Harry Tinkler's pitted uh, aboard the Carling card. Will do no better than seventh. At the moment, it's six Oracles to the four before the first of the non Oracles. That's the Dolara the checkered flag is shown Mm. who's got more to give well Arjun Maini might he improves his first sector time John Eric Van is going quicker and significantly quicker certainly top four kind of pace at the moment from John Eric Van. just how far into the top four we're going to know in just a few seconds time here comes the 26 hours Johnny yeah over the line then goes Van to
0: third position so left it very late indeed but the hour is 0-1 Back up to third. Nicola Lapierre has been released for an outlap, but he's not going to make it round to do a quick lap. And John Eric Vern stopping right at the end of the start finish line there, crawling to a halt. So, what is the problem there? All of a sudden, it seems like there's no power. And the car was late to the session anyway. Let's just see whether there's going to be any more changes in the top few positions Arjamaini sees the chequered flag and will stay in fourth position paul Luke Chata likewise no improvement for the Frenchman and the Duquesne engineering car of Nicolas Jama crosses the line sixth position that's pretty good considering the Frenchman only a few minutes ago was in the gravel at turn one what happened here though Graham this very bizarre. strange the car, number 26, the hour one of Jean-Éric Verne, posting a good time. Third position, that's a one thirty-three point six. but then almost immediately as it crossed the line, conked out, no forward locomotion at all, and the car is parked at the end of the start-finish straight
1: now with two wheels on the cracks. Well, two theories. Theory number one is, that car was late to the session, is it carrying a minor problem? Yep. Theory two is, did they really short-fuel that car? <laughs>
0: possible, yeah indeed, so it didn't even have enough fuel in to make it home after a couple of quick laps well, that's uh, high drama I think possibly the first one of your scenarios is the more likely and uh, every credit therefore to jean eric Verne for just muscling, for wrestling a, a good time out of it, before it Virtually expired. The problem, of course, in this format for this weekend is they haven't got overnight to rectify it. We're racing today, it tonight at 6 30.
1: Well, uh, that was a qualifying session utterly dominated by the Oricas. The uh, top seven cars in the order Edex Sports 28, the Cool Racing 37, the 26 Aris badged but Orica chassis, of course, G Drive Racing Car, RRM Sports 43, the 39 Graf, the 30 Duquesne, and the 21 uh, Dragon Speed top seven before we get to the Carlin Dallara. But before we get to talk about the rest of the order, we're going to be going down to Lou Beckett, who's got Paul Chatan our poles position set uh, set down in pit lane.
2: This is going to be a very quick word because Paul Chatan has to go back down to scrutineering. Um, Well done. Great performance from you.
3: Uh, Thank you. I'm really happy for the team. Uh, Since the beginning of the year, we were already fighting for pole position, but we missed it always for one stance or or oh, 100. So now we got it, and uh, it's good. It's one point for the championship. So we are now at one point from uh, J Drive, which are the leader. And uh, it's good to start the race from pole. So I'm happy for the team. Team did an incredible, incredible job. And now you know we have to focus on the race tonight.
2: Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So we'll let Paul Lichata scamper away to post-session checks and scrutineering, but as he says, that gap now between the top two, down to just a single point, because Edex Sport go to 37, and the championship leaders, 26, G-Drive Racing on 38 points, but more worryingly for them, their car coming to a halt at the end of the main straight, right after qualifying. A first poll of the year for Edex Sport by over half a second from Cool Racing, Nicolas Lapierre, who had his own dramas in that session, a spin late on in the lap, G-Drive do do get third position ahead of the RLRM Sport car, expertly driven by Arjun Maini. In fifth position, the 39-graf car from Duquesne Engineering. And then onward beyond the top ten, BHK Motorsport will start 11th ahead of the two United Autosports Ligiers. Uh, they may be pretty disappointed with that qualifying session. Alex Brundle just ahead of Philippe Albuquerque.